Hello, Cheryl Shaw. Welcome, Kimberly Earl. Welcome. Thank you. Well, it's so good to be back. Oh, it's always great to have the ladies in. It is, isn't it? We're here to offer advice. Well, Kimberly certainly knows her her stuff, and Cheryl, you're talking about outdoor dogs at this point in time, what we can do to help them? I'll try to. Last week I was going to do it, but we were inundated with calls. Kimberly, question without notice, but what have you been seeing coming through the surgery at the moment this time of year? Uh, Lots of skin issues, lots of eye issues. So yesterday and today I've been inundated with skin dogs, you know, dogs with itchy skin, scabby skin, um, lots of eye problems. This morning my, my you know, champion moment was that I had a dog come in with a grass seed down her ear and I was able to get it out. She was oh. such a good little dog and I managed to get that grass seed out without having to um, to knock her down with an anesthetic. So she was such a well-behaved well little dog. Yeah, How annoying. And Cheryl, you would see a lot of similar things come oh, through as well absolutely. with your line of work. Grass seeds in yeah. particular, mm. they've been really bad this season. So, you know, when we're grooming, we often find those seeds, that, uh, you know, in the skin. Yeah. We can remove some of those ones that are visible, are visible but we um, often have to then refer them to the vet because sometimes they need antibiotics and things. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it seems to be an issue at the moment. If you are finding that your pets are itchy, could be something that Kimberly might be able to help you with on the show today. When we come back, Cheryl, we're talking about how we can make our animals more comfortable being outside. Oh, look, we really need to make sure that outdoor dogs are being cared for properly. Very important. Now, last week we had so many calls, Cheryl, that I actually forgot to do our dog of the week, which was very oh. naughty. I've just given myself a bit of a smack. So I thought, let's get our dog of the week done today so we don't forget because we've got Buster. Now, Buster is a four and a half year old Kelpie cross and he is looking for a new forever home and a best friend. Now, he's, he's quite an attractive Kelpie. Mm, he's he pretty nice looking. He's a very nice looking young man. Uh, he has incredibly soft, oh, well, he is incredibly soft and gentle personality wise. And he does love spending time with his humans, whether he's following you around the yard or curled up next to you and he will take a little bit of time settling into a new environment so you need to be in a situation in a family where you can give him a bit of time uh, have that company with him and daily repetition as well as he starts to trust you and settle in he has lived quite a sheltered life so he hasn't had a lot of exposure to the outside world so I guess patience with things like walking feeding time and playing ball and that is something uh, Cheryl and Kimberly in your line of work you would see a lot of and obviously some suggestions there is just being patient and and repeating yeah lots of time to customize him to the new environment and new situations new people new sounds Mm. Uh, he can sit he knows how to lay down uh, when he's ready for a sleep Uh, and look he's okay with children but preferably older children would be best and same with other dogs he's okay but probably ideally on his own and he's a little bit scared of cats at this point in time as well (laughs) so look a big softy but one of his favorite things is to play with the hose or sprinkler he will do that for hours so that's a good way to I guess distract and and have some fun with him If you're interested, please go check him out. He is a gorgeous-looking boy. 2NURFM.com.au. And if you click on our lifestyle shows and pet chat, you will be able to see him. Let's go to the phones now. We would love to hear from you. 49216216. Welcome, Karen. You're in Soldier's Point. How can Dr. Kimberly Earl help you today? I'm just curious, how do I teach my dog to walk off a lead and stay close by, not wander a long way away? 
Uh, oh, okay, that's a big one. Um, so first of all, it's it's time, 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 time. It's this is not something that's going to happen in a week or a month. It's probably a, a six to twelve month project. Yep. Um, you need to teach her to um, focus on you. You really need to get her attention and teach her that you're the person she wants to be paying attention to. So that's going to be doing a lot of walking on leash with treats and um, teaching her that you're the most exciting thing in the in the neighborhood. And you might need to try lots of different types of treats because you're going to need to find a treat that is going to be something good enough that when there's something else interesting like a dog or a cat or a human down the road or on the other side of the playground um, that she still wants to come back to you for that treat and it's about starting that behavior teaching her that and getting her used to doing it in an area where she is really comfortable familiar that's not distracting so your backyard your lounge room your bedroom doing lots of different environments that she's really familiar with and then gradually increasing that circles to areas where there's um, more unfamiliarity and more distraction. Um, and what you're looking for is to, um, to always be able to get her attention back towards you um, so that you know that when you call her back to you that she's coming to you. This is something I'm working on with my puppy at the moment and it's going disastrously poorly at the moment <laughs> for me. Um, it's not an easy thing, but um, there's really, really good... Um, there's really, really good dog trainers online that will do tutorials. You can you can watch tutorials and things like that. I don't know. Are you allowed to say something yeah, on yeah. that? Yeah. Um, I really like um, Simpatico dog training and um, Zach George. Zach George? Oh, okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, Thank they're you. They're really good ones to, to look at about, you know, teaching attention and things like that. But it's about attention more than teaching her to stay close by because if you can get her attention back, you'll get her back. Yeah, and another thing too is going to obedience classes mm. because there's a lot of distractions Distraction. with other dogs yeah. and so that can be a way that you can get that recall as well as keeping the dog close by. Yeah. But, but also it can depend on their age whether they're going to um, <laughs> actually stay by you right. at first. Yeah, I made some mistakes I think because I used to take her down to the dog beach but uh, a lot of strangers down there had treats so yes. she, they'd want to give her a treat and yeah. then she'd now she thinks every person she sees, I think, is going <laughs> to... Yeah, so you just you just need to be the one with the treats and like you know do do set yourself up for training sessions to teach her, but do it when she's hungry and take treats with you, um, you know, so that she's like hungry, she's looking for that sort of reward. Okay, mm. great. Thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Good luck. Thank you for the call, Karen. We appreciate it. Four nine two one six two one six is the number today for pet chat. Hello, have you called in with a question or a concern? Yeah, you speaking to me. Uh, yes, hello, who have uh, we got? Sorry, sorry. Um, Krista. Krista, uh, you're in Waratah now. What's going on with your 18-month-old Labrador? Um, she's just behaving totally out of character. Like this morning, <clears throat> normally she's scratching on my door to take it for a walk at 6.30. Uh, nothing. She was just lying on my daughter's bed in the other room for about half an hour, didn't get up when we were up and mm. getting ready for work and she's just very, very sad. And that's just happened today. Yeah, just that's just today. happened today. Yeah. yeah. Listen, in an 18-month-old Labrador, that would always ring some alarm bells for me and I really think you should try to get her in to see a vet today. Oh, sorry, um, she's a Labradoodle, not Labrador. Yeah, either, yeah, either yeah. way. Um, you yeah. know, young dogs, unfortunately, are, are stupid. They do lots of stupid things. They eat lots of stupid things. We just cut a corn cob out of a dog at our clinic yesterday who oh, had goodness. eaten a 
an obstructed corn cob. Um, And so, you know, it could be anything from, yeah, some sort of gastric obstruction to some sort of tick paralysis to maybe she's, um, you know, run around and her leg is sore. She's maybe injured herself. But, you know, for a young dog to suddenly have such a change of character, um, it's it's always something, particularly if she's not eating her food, it's always something that should um, hopefully trigger you to, to try to get her into a vet in the next 24 hours. Yeah, right yeah. then. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good luck, Krista. Right. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Poor dear. Oh, I know it is a worry too. So hopefully you can get to the vets and, and often it may be something that can be, you know, rectified oh, fairly sure. simply yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, so we've got Pamela on the line from Salamander Bay with a poodle who is constipated. Hi Pamela. Hi. How are you doing? So you've got a little poodle in your care and you believe that he or she is constipated. Yeah, I definitely do, yes. So I've had him since Sunday evening mm-hmm. and he's been trying to have a bowel movement all the time. Since then? Um, he's eating okay and he's eating plenty of dry food. Yep. And he's eating chicken and um, a bit of lamb. Okay. So he's and, not, not um, vomiting? Yes, he is a little bit. Oh, right. Okay. When I say vomiting, yep. it's just a little bit of bile that comes up. And his owner, I rang her owner, his owner this morning, and she said that, yes, he has had this bit of a cough and he just brings up a little bit of bile here and there. Mm, okay. And he has been doing that. Right, okay. So He's trying really hard to have a bowel movement yeah. and it, it's coming out rather watery, yeah. very yellow. Yeah, okay. And this morning there was the tiniest, tiniest hint okay. that there might have been so- a... Yes. So what we what we sometimes get is diarrhea that can cause straining. So constipation is not always constipation. Um, straining can be due to constipation, but it can actually be due to like a, a diarrhea and cramping. Um, and it can also be, you know, due to them trying to push other things. So sometimes if it's an entire male dog, sometimes they're trying to push past an enlarged prostate. Sometimes there's a bit of um, a urinary obstruction, things like that. So if the stool aren't coming out and they're very solid then we sometimes will add a bit of bit of metamucil but if you're actually seeing soft stools coming out then we would always be more concerned that there's something else going on um so pamela i don't know how long you're looking after the little dog for um, till saturday yeah so Mm -hmm. but we would certainly be i guess more concerned if if they're having difficulty producing feces on one end and also doing a bit of vomiting at the other end we do worry about that sometimes being a you know a bowel problem um, that could be worthwhile having a look at you know from a veterinarian um, if it's really really solid stools a little quarter teaspoon of metamucil in the food once a day but it doesn't sound like that's necessarily the problem so I would have a chat to the owner see if they have a vet that um, they prefer or see if you can get into somewhere maybe with them to, to have him looked at Ah, thank you for calling, Pamela. Nothing worse than when you're minding someone's mm. uh, pet as well and yes. there's issues. And so often it happens that, you know, people are away. The dogs are a little bit more stressed and so things are just not quite right and it's hard to know. Is this dog just a bit yes. anxious? I'm not in my regular environment or is there actually something, you know, something else going and on? And they're so routine-based that mm. when you sort of change that up as well, you can... Yeah, find yes. a myriad of issues. Yes. Oh, yeah. well, good luck with it, Pamela. It sounds like you're a wonderful dog minder, though. You're very caring. Mm. So thank you for the call. Now, Gary has a three-year-old pug, and he said that 
the pug seems to be squinting for the last few days, um, not wanting to open one eye in particular. Okay. So, yeah, so that's something that really needs to get looked at straight away. Um, pugs and any of the dogs that have, you know, those sort of squashy faces, short noses, their eyes stick out a little bit more. They're much more prone. Yeah, Shih Tzus, pugs, Frenchies, um, Cavaliers even. Oh, yes. They're, they're much more prone to um, eye trauma. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything big, like the dog rubs its face on the ground or goes burying under the bushes and they might get a little bit of dirt or something in there. But a squinty eye is almost always... Um, worthy of a vet visit because it really can indicate that we've got something wrong that the the dog is trying to protect that eye that eye is painful if he's squinting he's not wanting to open it um, if it's one eye we're worried about an ulcer we're worried about a, a penetrating foreign body a cat scratch that sort of thing if it's two eyes then we really need to test the dog for a condition called dry eye where they stop producing tears and then we're going to start to see well the eyes are dry and scratchy and again they can they can start to form ulcers and things like that and sometimes those eyes will have um, a bit of discharge, some mucus around them. Not always, though. Um, so definitely worthwhile getting the dog in to see a veterinarian. And they'll probably want to do some you know, minor tests on it. A fluorescein stain where we actually put a bit of um, green dye in the eye to see if it sticks to the front of the eye or if it can be washed away. That's the, the hallmark for an ulcer in the eye. Um, and the medications that we will use will depend on whether or not there's an ulcer there or no ulcer, whether or not there's um, inflammation of the, the white part of the eye and the, and the eye in, inner part of the eyelids, things like that so um, definitely worthwhile for eye problems to um, get them seen by a vet if you can. So Kimberly with the eye if it is an ulcer mm -hmm. is that treated uh, with medication did you say so you don't need surgery? Usually but it really depends on the degree so if you get a really really deep ulcer um, there is a risk that the eye can actually rupture uh, and those will require some surgery and sometimes if you get a really chronic sort of old ulcer they, they get a little bit um, hard to heal sometimes and so so sometimes we will recommend a, a procedure under anesthesia um, where we do a grid keratotomy or keratectomy where we put a little, um, almost like a little grid of, of scratches into the eye, trying to sort of debride and freshen up the, the wound. So usually though, as a first line, we're hopefully going to be able to get it in time to just do medical therapy. Might be fairly intensive. Sometimes we're medicating them every single hour um, if, they're, yeah. if they're pretty severe. But um, yeah, so hopefully Gary can get in to see somebody soon. Yeah, good luck, Gary. And just on that, what if it is you mentioned a cat scratch before mm. is that something that heals on its own or it needs it usually needs or? a bit of you know if you can imagine cats they dig in the dirt they bury their poo they do all sorts of things like that they're usually going to need some sort of a topical antibiotic to um to sort them out to help them sort out anyway yeah, yeah. okay and sarah just on that sometimes after grooming there can be loose hairs that fall into a dog's eye mm. and ah. owners need to be really aware that if they notice their dog sort of rubbing their eye against soft furnishings or mm. carpet they can actually cause further damage to that eye so you know sometimes if they just head over to their vet they can flush that just to make sure mm. there's nothing going on there yeah. because okay. it can really irritate so much that the dog will do damage to its eye wow and and they don't often come out on their own that sometimes the they wash away but if it's an irritant to the to the dog and they're the they rub themselves, that's where it causes a second problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whilst, whilst the hair may come away with the tears, if the dog is feeling the irritation, 
that's when they'll often do a little bit of self-trauma there. Yeah, okay, really good and, advice. And surprisingly, we'll actually sometimes see dogs that get foreign bodies in the eye that can be like the grass seed that I pulled out of the dog's ear. I've, you can sometimes see really big, long grass seeds in the um, in the conjunctiva. Like, so wow. between the between the eyeball and the socket, they, they can have some pretty deep pockets in there. So We mm, know how yeah. uncomfortable an eyelash is in the eye, let alone yeah. a grass yeah. seed. That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. They yeah. do need some help with that. 49216216, if you've got a question now, is the time to call. Just on dogs, you know, rubbing eyes and that sort of thing. Just a general question, Kimberly, which, yep. and I think we've all seen it, when a dog goes and has a really, you know, has their dinner, they're mm-hmm. really excited, they've had a big dinner and they seem very satisfied, and then they come and they scoot along the ground and run their mouth on, like, mm. I'm thinking of Gizmo because he does it on the, <laughs> on the rug and that's how we judge how much he liked his dinner. He comes and shuffles around and has a great old time, sniffs and yeah. are they cleaning? their mouth or, or are oh, they just are they happy it's hard what? to know it's probably a little bit of both i think probably some long-haired dogs probably are sort of trying to you know clean it off a little bit and sort of straighten everything <gasps> not out on bit. the rug please. but they just seem to they just seem to you know enjoy that sort of like let's just have a little relaxing head rub and and shake and scratch and things like that too so mm. they'll often do it after a bath um, you know, I know most oh, dogs yes, when they you go crazy, like them, happy they crazy. do a little zoomy runner in the circles and then they run around and drag themselves through the, you know, grass. Yeah, that what is it washed. with the energy after a bath? Is that because <laughs> they're excited? It's just a good feeling. It's a yeah. great feeling. Everything's refreshed and it's feeling really super for them and they just get into it. Yep, yeah, because you're so right. And, you give yeah. them a bath and they, we used to film it because they just go crazy, yeah. super happy, running around, wants yeah. to play. Yeah. Good times. times. Yeah, I just always thought it's they're thinking, oh, thank God it's over. (laughs) I'm sure some some dogs dogs. are. (laughs) Hello, Kimberly's mum. She listens every week. We're waving to her in the camera. Uh, now she's in Fort St. John in Canada. Yep, Fort St. John, British Columbia. It's a small town north of Vancouver, about oh, 1,400 kilometres, 1,300 kilometres, maybe 30,000 people. And it's about a quarter to seven at quarter night. Quarter to seven there. p.m. on Tuesday night. See, we have listeners all over the globe. Absolutely. Hello, Kimberly's <laughs> mum. And of course, she loves John Denver. I'm not surprised. <laughs> we all love John Denver. <laughs> we do. It is Pet Chat. Welcome to the show, 49216216. And hello to you, Stan. You're in Fullerton Cove, not quite as far as Fort St. John. Uh, and you've got a 17 year old old Jack Russell that's gobbling her food but then a bit unwell after. Yeah, for some unknown reason she just vomits it up. Yeah. We've tried we've tried cutting her food in half, but she still does the same thing. Okay. And does she vomit like shortly after she eats or a number of yeah. hours? No, no. Yeah. Right so, after. So has she got any competition there? Is she trying to race somebody else for the food? No. No, no just no, on her own. Not. Yeah. Okay. Well, so good news. You've got a 17-year-old Jack Russell who's gobbling her food. That is awesome because 17-year-old Jack Russells, you know, sometimes they're really hard to get them to eat. Um, but I think we probably just need to try to slow her down, not necessarily cut it in half, but slow her down. And so there's some really great, um, you know, sort of puzzle toys. You wouldn't want anything too hard for her, but you can get um, bowls that have nobbles in them that they have to work to get it out of a little bit, or even get some big rocks, get her a nice big bowl 
and some big, big rocks, something that she can't swallow and lift up. And then you can just sprinkle the food in around that and make her use her tongue to sort of navigate around it. Rocks are good because they're round on the bottom side often too. And so a little bit of food gets stuck underneath there so she can use her tongue to lick and, um, and you know, sort of get in around. Because um, we just want to try to sort of slow her down a little bit that hopefully then she will, you know, hold it down. Because a lot of dogs will, they'll do that. They'll gorge themselves really, really fast, even if they don't have competition but frequently if they do have competition and then the stomach gets so full it just goes well can't tolerate it um sometimes if they've got like a dry kibble food and um and it swells if they drink a big amount of water right afterwards it swells in the stomach and then the stomach sort of all of a sudden feels like extra full and they can't hold that whole volume so sometimes um pre-soaking the food a little bit so that it doesn't have that growth so much once it gets into the stomach that can be helpful as well yeah, we do put a bit of um, bit of water in her food because of her age and she's not chewing as well as what she used to. Yeah. And we don't give her anywhere near as much kibble now as what we used to either yeah. because she's, um, she's had a, a couple of teeth missing from her top lip. Yep. And um, she's not chewing as much. So we try to give her as much sort of like soft food as we can, like yeah. fresh chicken and rice and yeah. a few veggies and that. And that stuff tastes extra good. So there's probably extra motivation for her to try to eat really, really well. You'd be surprised because lots of dogs that have um, very little, if any, teeth in the mouth will still manage kibble food quite well. Once the gums are all healed, they're quite solid and, and quite strong. So, you know, don't be afraid to give her some kibble. Um, but yeah, it might just be that everything tastes so darn good to her right now that she's, um, <laughs> that she's looking for. Is she maintaining body weight? or is she losing body weight? Oh, no, she's putting weight on it. Yeah, okay, she, yeah. <laughs> she was about nine kilos, and, and our vet said to her, just let her eat what she wants. Yeah. But, you know, 17 years old. Oh, um, she's earned it. She she, she deserves it. She, she, she does, does, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, just look, I would I would look to see if you can get um, one of those bowls that just slows her down a little bit. Some of them, yeah, like I said, have nobbles or, or lines through them um, that they have to sort of work out a little bit more, and, and rocks do a great job too. Mm. Okay. We, we tried one of those um, um, Kongs, I think they're yes. called. Yes, they're maybe uh, a bit tricky for her. Yeah, yeah. we tried it with peanut butter and she hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Too much work, not enough reward. Yeah, I just love that she loves it. I hope I'm like that in my 80s and 90s, definitely. Uh, look, we've got Marilyn. I think this will be our last call uh, for the day. Marilyn, you're in Chisholm. You've got a rescue cat. What's going on? Uh, well, actually, it's one of a number of cats that we've been trapping and rescuing. Um, not in good condition, some of them. And we had one a week ago that was the Ginger Tom. It presented with the same symptoms. Um, the vet sort of thought it had a broken jaw. Hmm. But what what's happening, now we've found another one that's presenting with exactly the same symptoms. The oh. tongue is protruding constantly. It, it's not going in and out. It's, it's permanently um, there. Mm-hmm. It also is dribbling a bit. And around the eye area, it's all swollen. Like, the eyes aren't a normal shape. They've just got a little squint through the middle of puffiness around. Mm. And so, um, very unusual. I, I'm, I've been involved in rescue for many, many years. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the, the couple things, it's hard to know without looking at it, but the couple things that come to mind would be um, that it's had a facial trauma, like a head trauma. Um, we definitely see um, cats that have um, been hit by cars or, I hate to say it, kicked, things like that, um, where they've had a, a blunt force trauma to the head and they can dislocate the jaw um, and that can make it hard for them to swallow and, you know, obviously with the swelling. But I've actually seen some cats with really, really severe cat flu where everything gets so horrifically swollen, the tongue is swollen, the throat is swollen, the eyes are swollen, um, that I've, I've literally seen some where they're, they're like that as well. So, wow. you know, I guess a rescue cat, it's possible um, they've never been vac- vaccinated often if they're, if they're ferals and things like that. Um, so I have seen a few cats that they've been so badly affected with cat flu that they, they can't, you know, they can hardly breathe, they can't eat, swallow anything. Yes, yes, so, yes that's yeah. exactly the, mm. As I said, we took, we took it, it, that it had a dislocated jaw with the first one and because it was an old injury, he said, of course, we had no choice but to um, yeah. put him to sleep. Yeah. But now to have a second one present identically, yeah. it's made me query uh, everything. But what you Oh, it's a bit hard. We keep losing Marilyn. I think she must be travelling. Um, yes, I am. I do apologise. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But it is interesting. In, interesting that there's a second one, whether it's mm. a coincidence or whether it could be the flu. Or For something. sure, and yeah. and hard because there's such you know such different sort of um, conditions. But yeah, they could actually present very similarly. I think it's wonderful that Marilyn's doing this. That she you know rescues these there's cats, and some... obviously a lot of them are in pain and you know may yeah. need to be euthanised. But she's yeah. doing. A great there's some great there. work done by a number of um, rescues in our area, so it's great. Yeah, mm. there certainly is. It's Pet Chat. Look, oh, we've only got a couple of minutes left. I don't know whether we'd be able to squeeze in another call. We could possibly try. 49216216 is our number. In the meantime, uh, Cheryl, we were going to touch on your topic. We do have a, a couple of minutes um, outdoors. And, yeah. you know, looking after our pets, particularly in really hot conditions. Absolutely. You've got to make sure that they've got plenty of shelter, plenty of water. And also if they are outside, we just can't forget about them. Dogs are social animals and they need a lot of contact. So if you are having your dog outside, make sure that you're spending quality time with it when you come home from work. And a lot of people are returning to work back into their offices yeah. after COVID. So their dogs have been used to being inside and now they're going outside. So just make sure that, you know, they do have shelter. Look where the sun is in the morning and where it is during the day. Make sure they've got shade and cover to go to. If it's raining, they need protection as well. It's so important. And, you know, just in the in January, the RSPCA reported a dog that died in its backyard. So that's really tragic that these things are from, still from happening. From heat exhaustion. From heat exhaustion. So, you know, these things are still happening. And, you know, as a responsible pet owner, we need to make sure that those backyards aren't just hot havens for dogs. Some dogs need multiple water bowls because if they don't have that they might dig in their water bowl they need to have sturdy bowls that they can't tip over or even those fountains that are attached to the tap that are you know forever being refilled mm. just so important that they've got water that's an amazing summary and we might go into it in a little bit more detail next week Cheryl because I think it's a topic that yeah. needs to be explored and you've obviously got got a lot of tips but it, it does just make you so mad when you hear of an animal that just has blatantly been neglected yeah. you know so yeah great tips it is hot so check your app before you go each day and make sure you know what's happening and have those things in place for our pets yes, because we don't absolutely. want them to suffer. No. No.
Look, I think that is it for Pet Chat today. Thank you for all of our calls. Having said that, you know, our listeners are just pet mad and they go to the nth degree, don't they, to look they after do. their animals. Yep. So that's just a super wonderful thing. We will be back next week. And as I mentioned, you can always email us as well, which is 2nurfm.com.au and just go to the Pet Chat page. Kimberly, you're not with us next week or you not are? next week, the week after. Beautiful. We're looking forward to having you back. Thank you. I know your mum is as well. <laughs> and Cheryl, we will catch up with you next week. You certainly will. Beautiful. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>